You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. From the field to the film room to the war room, we've got you covered every step of the way as the road to the draft starts right now on BGN Radio. Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the BGN Draft Show. I am your host Shane Half. You can follow me on Twitter and YouTube at Shane Half NFL. I'm joined today by my co-host and fellow draft enthusiast Dives. Give him a follow on Twitter at Mr. Crockpot. Be sure to check out his podcast Party on Broad. He's already been putting out draft breakdowns on Twitter, so make sure you check those out. Dives, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. It's been a while. Glad to be back. Talking about two excellent games uh, here coming on Monday. Let's do it. All right. I'm also joined by my co-host on Chalk Talk, uh, Mark Henry Jr. Give him a follow on Twitter at Mark Henry Jr. underscore. Be sure to check out his Tough Cover radio show every Saturday. Mark, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. This is the last four-team college football playoff, thankfully, but looks like it's going out with a bang. It is the definitely the most interesting field going in. Uh, I believe uh, that this is the, if you combine the two spreads of the semifinal games, it is the shortest spreads um, combined for two games. Usually you have maybe one close spread and then one game where there's a two-touchdown favorite, um, or both games sometimes are like that. In this one, very, very close expected games, and I think you can make legitimate cases for the underdogs, which I'm going to. Yeah, if you were like a just a team chaos person, uh, you've got to be rooting for Florida State to blow out Georgia tomorrow. And then one of these teams, just to get preferably Alabama to get blown out in the college football playoff, and we can just revive the whole should Florida State have been in thing. But that's not what we're here to talk about you- today. Do you know the spread for the Florida State game? I'm sure it's quite large. Plus 19 and a half against Georgia. They are a 19 wow. and a half point underdog. Yeah. So wow. like I said, probably not going to happen. But if you're team chaos, you can always root for that. But that's not the game we're here to preview. We are uh, changing up the format just a little bit now that we're out of the regular season. This is just a college football playoff semifinal preview show. So we're going to talk Michigan, Alabama. We're going to talk Washington, Texas. We'll be back next week to talk uh, about the final, uh, but and then we'll get into our offseason draft content, position rankings, mock drafts, all the things that uh, the show was initially created to do last offseason. But today we're previewing these games. Let's start it off with Michigan. Number one, Michigan versus number four, Alabama. This is the Rose Bowl. Uh, It kicks off at five o'clock on New Year's Day. Michigan is favored in this game by one and a half. Um, Dives, what are you watching for in this game? I mean, it starts and ends with J.J. McCarthy's arms and legs and whether or not he can beat a really good defense in Alabama. The the Wolverines do not have a lot of playmakers outside of Roman Wilson and A.J. Barner. Uh, They have some great running backs. 
But unfortunately, J.J. McCarthy is going up against a Crimson Tide defense that's going to make his night a living nightmare. When you watch defensive tape from the Crimson Tide, man, I feel like there's one guy that has consistently popped off the screen over and over and over again. Mark, it's not Chris Broswell, Dallas Turner, Kool-Aid McKinstry, Malachi Moore, all the guys that uh, we know about. It's Terry and Arnold. Uh, this guy is everywhere on the football field. Uh, I, I've been just so impressed, and I've got this guy circled uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles in round one if he's there. Uh, he's a physical corner, ton of ball production, great athlete. I think he's a guy who can dominate on the boundary in the slot, uh, which we saw him take on Malik Neighbors earlier this season in the slots. He can, he can do it, guys. And I, I just – think Arnold is going to be all over the football field against the Wolverines. Keep an eye on that guy. Uh, on offense for uh, this one, I think this game is all about the marriage of quarterback Jalen Milrow and offensive coordinator Tommy Reese. That's the story here. Like uh, These two have been through war together this season. Uh, Milrow getting benched earlier this season, leading to Tommy Reese modifying that Bama offense, that Cr Crimson Tide offense. Uh, and really just exploding through the remainder of the 2023 schedule. Uh, Milrow is a dual-threat quarterback who can do really serious damage with his legs, but also make big-time throws downfield. If you remember that throw against Auburn with 32 seconds left on the clock to Isaiah Bond, that's arguably one of the best single plays of the entire 2023 season. There is some clutch gene with Jalen Milrow. You know, he's got some issues. He's got some technical footwork issues to work out. He can be erratic with his accuracy, uh, but this team is clicking on offense, on defense. Uh, I think Alabama wins this one 23 to 10. And I, I just think that Michigan has all the skilled players and talent to really overcome a really good Michigan defense. Um, so for me, give me Bama in this one. And it's because of the immense progress we've seen from Jalen Milrow. It's because of big time ball, ball hawks like Terry and Arnold that have really taken their game to a different level in 2023. All right. So you've got the underdog winning in this one. Uh, Mark, you teased this out earlier. You said that you're going to make a case for both underdogs. Uh, what do you like about Alabama? Or I guess I could also ask, what don't you like about Michigan in this one? Yeah, I mean, smart minds think alike. I think me and Dives are going to be very aligned um, on this show with our thoughts about the playoffs. But yeah, the, the thing that I keep coming back to with, with Bama and Michigan, and you know, we can definitely get into some of the prospects, some of the matchups, uh, some of the, the X factors on the actual field. But what I keep coming back to is in the last two years, Michigan has made the playoff. And they've had that month to prepare. And every college football coach that makes the playoff talks about what a different experience it is um, as a college football coach. You, you know, week to week, I mean, sometimes you have a bye, but at most you have two weeks to prepare for a team. And even with that in mind, you know, you have teams after that on the schedule. This is so different when you're able to pour every single resource you have as a college football program into preparing for one opponent into game planning for one opponent, into researching what that one opponent did for the last year. The last two years when Michigan's had that chance, they've 
thrown up all over their shoes. Like two years ago, they got blown out. Last year, they lost to a TCU team that then went on to lose by 60 or whatever it was, 56 in, in the national championship game. So uh, you, you parlay that fact with the fact that Michigan is going up against the greatest college football coach in the history of the sport and Nick Saban. And I know that there's people out there that are going to hear me say that, and they're going to say, oh, well, this guy's just basing his opinion on Nick Saban winning all those titles in the past. And Nick Saban, you know, you're basing it off living in the past. The thing is, I think we might be in the midst of the most impressive Nick Saban coaching job we've ever seen. This was not supposed to be an Alabama team like we saw in 2020, 2021. You saw it early on this season when they lost to Texas. They struggled with USF. But this team has really found itself throughout the season. And a big part of that, I know Dives is going to talk about a name that, as a Notre Dame fan, I I don't want to talk about with Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator. But what they've done with Jalen Milrow and being able to use his strengths throwing the ball down the field, I think it's going to get Michigan in trouble. And Kyle McCord, not a very good quarterback. Even he was able to make some plays happen against this vaunted Michigan defense. I think Alabama will be able to do the same. Yeah, and you mentioned the month to prepare. Uh, Now, obviously, Alabama has lost some national championship games, but they haven't lost that first game at a bowl game since 2014. Eight straight wins off that month to prepare. Now, obviously, it's a little different. You win the first game, and you've got a week to get ready for the second one, and I'm sure they're looking ahead at times, but that's something that bears mentioning here. I think it also bears mentioning that Alabama – has been in a lot of close games this year. They trailed five times in the second half of SEC games this year and came back and won those games. And they know how to win close games. Um, They've got a dynamic runner in Jalen Milrow. He's just dynamic at quarterback. And Michigan's defense has been elite, but their offense, maybe not so much, stumbled a bit down the stretch. Uh, Blake Corum is their offense, right? Like they lean so heavily on him. Uh, He led all college football backs with 24 touchdowns. He notched his third straight 100-yard season. Michigan needs to play from ahead and establish the running game because I don't think you want to put too much on the shoulders of J.J. McCarthy against the Alabama defense. Alabama can play whatever kind of game that you want. As long as, you know, if they can get ahead and eliminate that Michigan run game, if they can just hang close into the end of a game, I really like their chances. And so I agree with you guys on this one. I would lean towards Alabama. And some of that's a little bit of Alabama's just always in the finals. Like what else do you expect? But I'm not sold on JJ McCarthy. I I think Nick Saban is going to be able to have some things for him. And, you know, I know they beat Iowa and Iowa has a good defense. It's not Alabama. So uh, I like Alabama in this one as well uh, to beat Michigan and get to the finals where they'll face Maybe another underdog. We'll see. And something that I wanted to throw out there, at this point, schedule doesn't matter. These teams are in. The resumes don't matter. But what I will say is when we're judging these teams, we're looking at, oh, well, Michigan ranks higher defensively and Michigan ranks higher in this department. The thing about that is Bama's probably played seven tougher games than whoever Michigan's third hardest game is. I don't know who Michigan's third hardest game is. We could say Maryland, probably, maybe Iowa. It's one of those two. I mean, with Bama, there's really no argument 
in saying that Texas, Ole Miss, LSU, Texas A&M, Tennessee, uh, Georgia, Kentucky, those teams are all better than Maryland and Iowa. You could even make an argument for Auburn, who is favored by six and a half against Maryland in a bowl game. So you could make a case that Bama's played eight tougher games than whoever Michigan's third hardest game is. And honestly, Penn State, Penn State went 10 and two. But Penn State's 10 wins are against those other teams that I just mentioned. We don't know how good Penn State is. I'm giving Michigan credit for a big win there. Penn State might be like an average team in the SEC if they weren't in the Big Ten. So, you know, it's an interesting thing to bring up. I mainly just bring it up to kind of because I, I, I'm listening to a lot of podcasts, a lot of breakdowns, and everyone is just assuming that Michigan has a better defense. And in some capacity, some people are assuming they have a much better defense. I think if you look at the personnel and you look at the names that Dives mentioned on that Alabama defense, Terry and Arnold has been, like Dives said, just a revelation uh, um, as of late. Then you have Cooley McKinstry. Then you have Dallas Turner. Then you have Chris Braswell. Then you have Malachi Moore. Like Then you have guys on the D-line who, who are going to get drafted as well. So I, I just think that let's not act like Alabama is some talent-poor team going up against big, bad Michigan. Uh, I, I just don't think that's a fair assessment. All right. Uh, any any final thoughts on that game, Dibes? Uh, any you you picked? You guys both picked Alabama. I'm with you. We're all on the Alabama train here. So just just to go full circle, like it starts and ends with JJ McCarthy. There are a lot of people out there that really like him as a quarterback prospect. I'm talking like QB three in this draft behind Drake May and Caleb Williams. I have not seen it. I need him to show it to me. I hope he uh, you know does a lot of stretching. On Monday morning, because like you said, Dallas Turner, Chris Broswell, Kool-Aid McKinstry, uh, Terry and Arnold, like these guys are coming. Um, and JJ McCarthy is going to have to make several, at least a handful plays with his legs uh, in this one, because that Bama defense has been really clicking on all cylinders, uh, especially late. You mentioned some people have JJ McCarthy as QB three. Can you imagine if this Michigan team had Jaden Daniels? Are you kidding me? To anyone out there who, who is J.J. McCarthy over Jaden Daniels in the NFL, get your I, brain checked. That, I, that's my that's my take yeah. on that. Nope. And I'll, guys, I just wanted to throw it to you real quick. You mentioned Tommy Reese when we were talking off air. Um, yeah. I didn't. If you wanted to give him his flowers there a little bit, I think what he's done is incredible. Yeah. So what you know what they did was basically take out the intermediate area of the football field for Jalen Milrow uh, and just focus on uh, him using his legs, the the quick short passes and attacking the ball downfield. And we have seen just Milrow's game just take it to another level. Um, it's it's impressive, man. He was benched, what, week two? <laughs> and he looks like a completely different quarterback. Jalen Milrow is coming back next year, so there is that. Uh, uh, so he's you know definitely going to want to end you know this season, obviously, on a high note. But um, there's some talk, and I, I've said this in our chat before, that he could be a potential – top quarterback wow. in next year's draft. And that means first round talent. Uh, so I don't know if I buy that stock just yet. Uh, we'll see. Um, I think the leg talent is there. I think the arm strength is there. Um, and he's got a hell of a stage uh, to, to showcase it all. There's a lot of uh, a little bit of Malik Willis vibes there for me in terms of his NFL yeah. projection, yeah. but but uh, there, there's some fear there. Shane, you'll like this uh, before we get on to the next game. 
it, there was a big stink this week because Jalen Milrow came out in a press conference and said Bill O'Brien told him last year that he should switch positions. Um, so I, I thought you'd like that, you know, idiocy from Bill O'Brien, who now this guy who Dives just said could be a first round pick next year. You know what the Patriots should do? They should just make <laughs> Bill O'Brien their head coach and they should go draft Jalen Milrow and try to make him a receiver. I hear they need some receivers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe we should edit that out. I don't need to be taking shots at the Patriots here. Uh, no, that's, 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 that's for Chalk Talk, not for the BGN draft show. So a lot of the credibility of this podcast is apparently staked on Alabama beating Michigan. Uh, if, if Michigan <laughs> wins this game, you guys might need to just disregard everything we've said. All season. Um, so I'm a little nervous now that we're all on the same side of this one. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's go to the next game where... I have a suspicion we're going to end up on the same side again. Um, It is number two, Washington versus number three, Texas in the Sugar Bowl. It is 845 on Monday night. Texas is favored in this one by four and a half points. And I just don't understand why. Like, it's not this simple, but you look at the players that Washington has just from a, and I'm a draft guy. I look at things through the draft lens, but they, they have a Heisman candidate in a quarterback and in Michael Penix jr. Who might be QB three. There's a lot of argument about QB three in this draft. They have Roma Dunze, who is wide receiver two, a likely top six pick in this draft. They've got Braylon Trice, a first round edge rusher, Troy Fontenot, a first round offensive tackle. These are first round guys at all of your foundational positions. How's this team a four and a half point underdog that I don't get it. And you add on to that, that, yeah, Michael Penix Jr. faded down the stretch. It's why he doesn't win the Heisman, but he still played at a good level. And part of him fading down the stretch was them figuring out the running game. Running back Dylan Johnson rushed for 615 yards in the last five games and seven touchdowns. Like, their run game is so underrated. And if you can get Penix back at that early season level, great. If you can't, you've got a good run game. And by the way, you're facing a team in Texas who – lost their running back, Jonathan Brooks, to an ACL injury. So they're going to be relying heavily on Quinn Ewers and that passing attack. And Washington has struggled against the run. Your running back's out. And, and so I look at this game, and maybe there's some, I'm an Oklahoma kid that really dislikes Texas playing into this here. I just feel like, I don't, I don't not only feel like Washington's going to win this game, I feel like they should be favored decently heavily so mark am i am i crazy here 
Why is Texas favored in this game? Because they beat Alabama four months ago. Uh, I think that's really what it is. I think Texas gets a lot of credit for beating Alabama four months ago. When the when the fact of the matter is, haven't played all that many good teams since then. Whereas Washington's went through a gauntlet. Pac, the Pac-12 was incredible this year, and every time that we expected Washington to fall and we expected the Washington story to end, they figured out a way to keep it going. Uh, and, and I just think you look at again. The schedule doesn't matter at this point. The resumes doesn't matter. They made their way in. At this point, it will be decided on the field. But Washington has played such a harder schedule than Texas. And a lot of the things I'm hearing about what's going to happen in, in this matchup with Washington and Texas is how Texas is going to win in the trenches, how Washington has become too reliant on the run game, and Texas has a really good run defense. They're going to stop that. The funny thing about that is I heard the exact same thing both times Washington played Oregon. And Washington put up 500 yards of offense both times on Oregon. And Washington was able to throw the ball. They were able to run the ball. They were able to be a dual threat offense. Whereas I I, I just don't know if Texas is going to shut down Washington's offense to the point where this becomes a, you know, a low-scoring game that Texas wants to make it. You look at what Texas did. They started out the year incredibly hot. They were very good for the first four to five weeks. They, they beat Bama by 10. They blew out the other first four opponents they faced. Nothing, no one really impressive in there. After that, they lose in the Red River rivalry to Oklahoma, who just, just objectively, uh, objectively, yeah, Warren's down for shame. Objectively, if we're talking about any of these teams and you look at the team they've lost to, this is by far the worst loss of anyone that's in the college football playoff, losing a, a non-road game to Oklahoma who isn't in the playoff conversation, whereas Alabama has their loss to Texas. Washington and Michigan were undefeated. Obviously, Florida State was undefeated at all. After that Oklahoma loss, they escaped by seven against Houston as like a 20-point favorite. They beat TCU by three as a huge favorite. They beat K-State by three as a huge favorite. They only beat Iowa State by 10 as a huge favorite. And then after that, the last two weeks of the year, Texas was like, oh, crap, we can make the playoff. Let's score 60 in each of these games. They put up 57 on a bad Texas Tech team. And then Oklahoma State, who was reeling at the end, uh, they lose 49 to 21. Texas got it right a little bit at the end. But am I supposed to buy these performances against Texas Tech and Oklahoma State as, oh, it's all fixed. You know, there's nothing wrong with Texas. They're they're right back on track to where they were when they beat Alabama. And also, what Alabama did they beat? Because I think it's pretty clear, like we just mentioned in the last in the last, you know, section, they changed a lot, Alabama. Their, their offense is completely different. Jalen Milro got benched after that Texas game. He came back and he's been one of the best players in the country since then. So I, I just think that you're getting a lot of credit for a Texas team that beat a Bama team that I don't know if they knew who they were yet. So I, I think that's a lot of what it is. And like you said, like you said, Shane, you kind of stole my thunder. All the prospects of Washington get completely overlooked because we're not used to Washington being here. We're not used to Washington having a lot of college football prospect. I think the one stat I saw, Kalen DeBoer, Washington's coach, is 78-4 and four in his last 82 games as a coach. Um, dating back to when he coached before uh, before he was at Washington. I, I just think Washington is being slept on all year long. You look at how many times they've been an underdog. It's like four times. Now it's the fifth, and they're undefeated. I, I think they get it done again. All right. So sounds like Mark and I are both on Washington 
Dives, if I know anything about your love for Washington and Roma Dunze throughout the year, uh, are you going to make it three out of three here? Yeah, it's a clean sweep. If anybody knows me, you know, the the, the Penix, a Dunze duo is arguably my favorite duo in all of college football. Uh, they have delivered every single time, every single time. They, they're, they've been unbeatable. Um, but I'm going to piggyback off of, you know, what you said, Shane. Um, you know, Washington has a lot of other playmakers. They got a, a, a wide receiver named uh, Jalen Polk. Uh, he's a guy that can kill you for a 60-yarder uh, downfield like at the snap of a finger. They've got a guy in Jalen McMillan who's healthy now. Uh, he's more of a route runner, a guy that can beat you uh, in that short to intermediate range. Uh, he's kind of that safety valve for Michael Penix. Uh, keep an eye on that guy. But really, I think the X factor is none other than Dylan Johnson. You go back to that Pac-12 championship game uh, against Oregon where he had 28 carries, 152 yards, two touchdowns, and truly was the difference against a great uh, Duck squad. Uh, heading, into fr- heading into that game, uh, you look at uh, the Huskies' four games versus ranked opponents. Uh, Dylan Johnson has averaged 21 carries and 137 yards. Obviously, those numbers are better with the Pac-12 championship. Um, it's just been the same script, same result when Washington has to get tough, uh, especially in the trenches. And Texas does have some good players in the trenches. Byron Murphy, um, they've got Tavondre Sweat, uh, Baron Sorrell, Jalen Ford are two linebackers that are really solid, but they're going to be overmatched. Uh, and uh, I think Dylan Johnson has really good size. Uh, he's just a tank at six foot, 218 pounds. Not a shifty runner, uh, doesn't have more than probably two gears uh, in the open field, uh, but he's a guy that I think can keep that Texas defense off balance enough uh, to open it up for all the playmakers on the outside. Um, I'm absolutely uh, leading towards Washington in this one. Uh, The Huskies, like you said, Mark, just seem to have that magic. Uh, I'm going Huskies 34, Texas 27 and just continuing to pound the table that Roma Dunze is arguably the best player in college football. He has delivered over and over and over again in big moments. If this game is on the line, that ball is going uh, to a back shoulder throw to Roma Dunze, and it's over. Uh, It is game over. Uh, So give me Washington in this one. With Caleb and Drake May and Brock Bowers and Marvin Harrison all out, Roma not in the playoff, I should say, Roma Dunze is pretty by far the best player in this playoff, in my opinion. It's not even necessarily all that close to me. I mean, Dallas Turner is probably that. second. I love that conversation. Um, yeah, I, I'm as high as him. I, I'm not a lot of people see that. I mean, I think a lot of people see um, a Dunze as like probably that third tier wide receiver. Uh, I, I, you're saying in the college football playoff? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, just just looking thinking about the top guys like. The guys I just mentioned, Williams, May, Harrison, Bowers are not in the playoff. Laiatu Latu is not in the playoff. Alton Fashano aren't in the playoff. Um, yeah. Jayden, no Jaden Daniels, no Nate Wiggins, no Cooper DeGene, no Jared Verse, no Malik Neighbors. Yeah. Um, it comes down to like, it's like a Dunze, Dallas Turner, um, Kool-Aid McKinstry, Terry and Arnold, yeah. Amarius Mims, JC Latham. So for me, it's basically, <laughs> it's Roma Dunze and then how many straight Alabama players? The, the takes um, on Michael yeah, Penix have been really weird. Like, I don't understand. Like, he, he, he's he been my QB3 in this draft. And, like, I, yeah, there's been a lot of close games. And 
<laughs> I've watched a lot of Washington games, uh, and he just seems to always deliver uh, when he needs to. Uh, he's an emotional dude, uh, so be prepared for that. Uh, he's a guy that will be bawling his eyes out if if Washington wins on Monday. Um, I love that about him. Um, but since that like second half of the schedule, like you've kind of see him take s- some hits, and I don't understand it. Um, yeah, Jaden Daniels uh, and Bo Nix are probably right there with him um, for me at least. But I think Michael Penix Jr. is such a terrific competitor, a terrific quarterback. I'm I'm team Washington all the way. And when we do this show next week, I'm probably going to still be on team Washington. I, yeah, we should all predict. I mean, we all predicted Bama Washington. We should all predict who we think is going to win that game. I'll go Bama. I do think Bama wins it all. Um, I would not surprise me if Washington um, wins it all. And I do actually think I'm going to be looking into placing a little future on Washington. Um, I think it's plus 700. You could probably get some, some good value there, but uh, I'm going to be looking into that, but I will be, I'll, I, if I was just making a pick, I I would take Bama um, for that game. And you mentioned the QB three conversation and we're have, we have plenty of time to talk about that. Um, It's real juicy. It's interesting for me because I kind of had, I think for a long time I had Daniels, Nixon, Penix, like all kind of together. And obviously you had Williams and May, I, it's so funny. I almost have like three tiers of one now in my QB rankings. Like Caleb is alone for me. May is in a tier by himself for me. And now I, I'm becoming like a full-on Jaden Daniels guy. Like <laughs> I, I'm watching all this stuff. And I, I watched him a lot this year, probably less than the other two, probably <laughs> less than Nixon Penix. But while I'm going back and watching some of the some of the tape and I am just uh, I am dumbfounded by some of the things he can do athletically. So it'll be interesting to see kind of where Shane, any any early take. I know you're a little bit I think you like to be a little bit more reasoned and analytical and watch all the tape before you give a, a, a ranking like that. But just any, you know, off the off the top of your head, Nick's Penix, uh, Nick's Penix and Jaden Daniels, any preference for you? I am unprepared to make a statement at this time. <laughs> I thought so. I thought but so. if I, if you absolutely made me pick, I would probably lean Daniels right now, but I, I definitely, I definitely play catch up on all my position rankings and stuff uh, compared to you guys once the NFL season ends. So uh, I guess I'm, I will not be taking a hard line stance at this time. So what's the over under for first round quarterbacks in this year's class? So like four and a half. I mean, I think, I think, um, yeah, obviously May Williams and Jaden Daniels, I think are first round locks. Um, I it think feels like at least one of Nixon Panics are. Yeah. So I'm gonna go four and a half, Mark. Yeah, it's probably fair. Are we forgetting about some? Is there a sixth guy when you were forgetting about? Yours. Oh, yeah. I think he's coming back. I'm pretty sure yours is coming back. I have not heard that. I could be totally off on that. I thought I heard the conversation of he was coming back, which makes them have an, an interesting conversation about Arch Manning. I could be totally off, though. Not sure yet. This this it, might be bad radio. ESPN reported that it looks, quote, more likely that Ewers returns to college. Maybe that's what I saw. The draft. That's wild. That makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. There's so many prospects. Like you just said, the over-under is four and a half before we even talk about Ewers. Next year, I don't think it's quite as loaded. There's at least not Caleb Williams and Drake May at the top of next year's class. Yeah. I would – yeah, I, I feel like four and a half is the number. I would take the under, though. I don't know that you get five okay. in the first round. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how the Knicks and Penix kind of how they get graded as prospects throughout the process. 
Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Well, that is going to about wrap it up here. Uh, we have staked the credibility of our podcast on a bunch of underdogs in this one. So you guys tune back in next week. We're either going to be geniuses or we're going to be totally wrong, but either way, we'll have a good time breaking down these games and previewing the final. Uh, and then, like I said, after the dust settles on the college football season, we'll be back doing mock drafts, positional rankings, our, our annual big board fight where we pigeonhole dives into being the Tanner McKee guy who then ends up getting drafted by the Eagles and becoming a preseason legend. It's going to be a lot of fun. It'll be a wild ride to the draft. Uh, so you guys keep it tuned here. Thank you for joining us for this preview edition of the BGN Draft Show. If you enjoyed the show, be sure you hit the subscribe button and you'll get all the shows on the BGN radio feed. Uh, you can check us all out on Twitter. I'm at Shane Half NFL. Dibes is at Mr. Crockpot, already putting out draft content. So go check it out. Mark is at Mark Henry Jr. We will catch you guys next week for another episode of the BGN Draft Show.